It's a starting recording. It's a starting recording. Okay, now there we go. Okay, now we're doing it. Actually, recording. All right. Um, welcome to my dark hour with Morgan and Carrie. A uh, pandemic edition. Oh, pandemic edition. We yes. are recording over Skype. Uh, it's Which a new is technology No, it's not. But you know, it's also snowing, so this this allows us to record from the the comfort of our own homes so that's, no there's there's some good good aspects to it although uh as we have discovered um i live right underneath the flight path of SeaTac airport and every time a plane goes over our internet well my internet goes down so this will be interesting hopefully it will stay <laughs> up for this entire time <laughs> Well, maybe the snow actually, maybe that'll work to your advantage. Like maybe that'll actually like shut down the airport. <gasps> oh my God, please shut down the airport. That would be amazing. That's my favorite part of snow. Uh, it, it's fucking silent because there's no planes. I'm like, oh, this is incredible. God, I never even thought about that. Holy shit. I, I, could, I could have this, this level of silence all the time if I lived in yeah. a different, if I lived in a different place. I know. Oh my God. You need to move out to the country. I think about it. I think mm. it would be boring and you can't walk anywhere. So mm. I think I'm not going to do that, but I do. And think if you get murdered, no one will ever find you. No, you just, you just rot. Yeah. In your house forever. In your house. And yeah. So there, there's, 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 there's minus for help. No, no one will hear you. No. Um, so would you like to introduce the topic of the day? Oh my God, you guys. We are going to talk about Kevin. Just joking. We are going to talk about <laughs> Kevin. But we're going to talk about Columbine. Columbine. Yeah. This has been in the works probably since we met. Like, I think yeah. we started talking about Columbine years ago. The book. Oh God. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Wait, I have to say this. So, okay, you turned me on to the book, and this was totally years ago. It was my last year of teaching. So what was that, like, three years ago? Uh, You left in 2017, so actually... Yeah, almost four years no, ago. More like closer to four, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so, like, Carrie got me onto this book, and then, you know, I was an English teacher at that time, and I we were doing book talks, like, on the regular, because I was like, you guys books are so rad Carrie turned me on to that shit too um but anyway so I was doing all these book talks to my classes and like I would just like be super hyped up about the book that I was reading and I was reading Columbine and Carrie do you remember how like hella kids went in and tried to get it and there was like a whole thing yeah and we had one copy and it was I think so like, exciting oh it was great but this is always what happens. All these kids want to read a book. The first kid who checks it out then probably doesn't read it and keeps it for six months. I'm so like, that's exactly what. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happened. 
That's exactly what happened. I even remember the kid who got it because like the next day he came in and was like, and I was like, oh my God, you got Columbine. And then later on I asked him about it. He was like, I didn't read it. And I was like, ugh. I know. I I know. It's, it's, yeah, there's a lot of um, heartbreak in in, in the world of high school uh, (laughs) literature. But yeah. So yeah, that was, that was an early text that we talked about. So that's the book yes. is Columbine by Dave Cullen. So we're going to talk, we're going to, that was a text that we used uh, mm-hmm. for reference. Um, we also, uh, Morgan read A Mother's Reckoning, um, Living in the Aftermath of Tragedy by Sue Klebold, who's Dylan Klebold's mother. I've read it too, but it was a couple of years ago. So I don't remember it as well. And then we're also just going to toss in, we need to talk about Kevin oh by my God. Shriver. Which is which is such a good book. It's an amazing book. It's not about Columbine directly, but is clearly influenced by it, and oh, totally. specifically by Sue Klebold. I think. I mean, I think yeah. she's the, definitely the inspiration. Uh, yeah. So that's what we're doing. Oh my and god, girl! Tell us about your personal connection with okay. Columbine. So. I am, let's see, I am two years older than um, Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold. Um, Whoa. And yeah, and so I graduated high school two years before this happened. Um, But this is sort of interesting. I went to Garfield High School in Seattle, and we actually had a school shooting in 1995, which nobody knows about. Like, that was not it wasn't covered really outside of Seattle. Um, and I think partially it's because nobody died. Uh, but this, how many people were shot though? Two, right. I think it was two people were shot and it was really, it was my sophomore year and I was up on the third floor and it happened on the first floor. And so I, all I remember was sort of vaguely hearing something that sounded like somebody, um, like smashing garbage cans but it was very faint and it was very far away. I had no idea what was happening. And then somehow I, and there was no like PA system at the school or anything. The building was really old and and was kind of in bad shape at the time. And so somehow we managed to get to our, it was during lunch and we got to our fifth period class and then they like locked the building down and then all the cops came, but I like had no idea what had happened. Um, But a freshman, it was sort of like a drug deal gone so a freshman had been like had had money stolen from him or weed or something and so to get revenge on the junior who did that to him he brought a gun to school and I don't think was I think was not planning on shooting anybody but ended up chasing the kid who who was his intended target through the school shooting at him the entire time and yeah and shot another or just a random girl in the leg and then shot the person he was intending to shoot in the leg as well. But there oh were like God. bullet holes all over the first floor of our school for, for years shit. afterwards, which is crazy. They didn't even like fill them in. It was just like, oh, yeah, there's just some bullet holes in the door. We're going to leave them. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. So it's kind of wild. So that happened. Um, And then and this was before the school shootings were in sort of the public consciousness of something that happened. And. So that went down, and then two years later, no, excuse me, four years later, Columbine happened, 
and and I was already out of high school, so it didn't ha- maybe have the same impact it would have as I if I had been younger or if I had been in high school at the time. But it still was it was I mean it was a shocking image. I mean on TV and on the news, like I don't think people now younger people realize how horrifying that was to have happened. Well, yeah, like we're desensitized to it now, like. Because it happens now, it's like, oh, there's a school shooting, or just a mass shooting. Because back then, yeah. mass shootings weren't that common either. Yeah. And so the, that this was sort of the beginning of my awareness of like, oh yeah, people are going to get a bunch of guns and want to go murder a lot of people in a, in a space like that. That was not. I mean, there was like going postal and things like that, yeah. like that term. Like it had happened before, but it, it was. Um, so the, reason, the reasons were different. They didn't, it right. just, it didn't seem the same as this. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. What about you? Oh my God. So, okay. I was a freshman in high school when this happened and um, I like went back. Okay. So I had this teacher, my eighth grade teacher, Miss Helgeson, who was like the most amazing person on earth like I loved her so much she's actually why I wanted to become an English teacher um but I had gone back to visit her which was like something I regularly did and um the tv was on and like we were just like watching footage of kids running out and I remember they like all had their hands on like the back of their heads mm-hmm. um and like there were I just remember there being a lot of confusion because we were like wait, like, are, who's, what's, ha- like, what's going on? Are, like, w- like, it was just so confusing. There was, I just felt like there was a lot of pandemonium. And then I remember, like, in the days afterwards, so, like, okay, I was, like, real into the goth thing, like, heavy into the goth thing. And, like, afterwards, after they found out who the shooters were and, um, you know, they're like the music that they liked. Oh my God. There was so much scrutiny of like goth kids. And I can remember like, even in school kids would be like trench coat mafia to like the like weird kids or whatever. Um, and so like, that was a whole thing. Like I personally felt like very persecuted in the wake of it because I was like really into KMFDM and like Marilyn Manson. I remember like, Oh my God, they were always talking shit about Marilyn Manson. And then, okay. The worst part, the most horrifying betrayal happened when there was like some special, I think it was like on 2020 or like Dateline. And it was about like, (laughs) Like, the goth lifestyle, which, okay, like, the best thing in the world is when adults are trying to explain something that, like, Uh a lot of kids mostly are doing. (laughs) And I'm sure it was, like, so fucking stupid and dorky. And, like, apparently my grandpa watched it. And, okay, I was, like, a straight-A student, like a really good kid. Like I didn't do drugs. I like never got in trouble. I was always very obedient. And like, I remember my mom telling me that my grandpa had called her and was like very concerned um, that I was into some bad shit. And like, it's not like my grandpa doesn't know me. I was like extremely close to him. He was like one of the best people in my life. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like it was just, so it was very weird. Like it just, 
brought everything into question. So like it was, um, I just was very annoyed the whole time afterwards. Yeah. I, I feel like, and tell me if, if you agree with this, I feel like this was the last gasp of like the nineties and eighties. Satanic panic shit. I think it's, I don't remember this happening again. That no. this was sort of the last time they were like, oh, no, it's the influence of, of you know, that music they're listening to or those yeah. video games. I Because I, even at the time, and, and when did this happen, like, we didn't, the public didn't really know the full story for a couple of years. Yeah. Even before I knew, like, what had really gone down, I was like, oh, come the fuck on right nobody is really going to murder people because of music that's absurd yeah Video games i'm a little more willing to think are are damaging but even that come on cool, but so, I think, okay like i think it's also there's like this thing okay because like sometimes i'll watch i don't anymore now that i've like had a child but like okay i used to watch these murder shows non-stop and they would always talk about like Okay, most of the time I felt like goth people were actually the victims of, like, violent crime. But anytime there was someone who was, like, sort of goth or whatever, or, like, listened to, like, violent music or whatever, or this is the one. If people are interested in serial killers, they always use that as, like, as, like, evidence of them being, like, a, like shitty guilty person so it's like oh well they like had so much research on serial killers and i'm like and you know that's like (laughs) what we do we're not gonna go out and murder people no and i think this is actually the perfect segue to talk about dylan and eric because as you will see they were not gothy at all like they were super clean cut like eric was a sports kid ew yeah, I mean they they were not. I mean, did they even listen to Marilyn Manson? I'm not. I don't. I don't think they did. I don't know. I don't think so. I do know that they listened to KMFDM, they which is to- not a violent band. I mean, like it's people should actually just listen to KMFDM. But they weren't shopping at Hot Topic, you know. They right. weren't like they weren't wearing like eyeliner and shit like that. And oh my so, god. Not that I mean, yeah. So the whole thing would be really funny if they were. That would be incredible. I know. Because I feel like they would, they just, this is the thing. I think goth people are just too sad. Like, they're, like, they wouldn't do something like that because they're just very sad in their lives. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Dave Cullen and um, (laughs) Sue Klebold, they would beg to differ. Yeah, true. Okay. All right. Let's get into this. They're coming at, they're they're saying, uh uh, sadness can lead (laughs) to murder in some cases. Okay. Um, so we can go just on the order of our notes, but it starts with, so we're going to, we can start off with Dylan. Was he older or was Eric older? Actually, um, no. It looks like Eric was older. Eric was older a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Which makes so sense. He, it really does. He definitely had the, I mean, not saying that like someone who's older would automatically like take the lead, but he definitely had power over Dylan a lot. Well, and he was in he was in Aries, and Dylan oh, was a, he, Dylan was a Virgo. So yeah, even oh even shit, that. dude! Oh my god, that's our combo. 
Oh, I know. And Girl, like, please all don't of my me go I, do a school shooting. I will try not to. Okay. Um, and all of my friends are Burgos. It's it's an interesting, <laughs> it's an interesting combo. So, Holy yeah. shit! I know. There's something to this. Okay, so do you want to tell us about Dylan? Yeah. Okay. So since I'm the Virgo, I'll talk about Dylan, and then you can talk about Eric. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So. Dylan Klebold was born on September 11th, ooh, 1981. Um, he, his parents, Tom and Sue Klebold, were both, like, very highly educated people. They met at Ohio State. They went to Wisconsin for grad school, where Tom studied geophysics. And Sue was an educator. And, like, okay, I just need to say, I identify with her so much. And we'll probably talk about this as time goes on. But, like, I just feel like, and I think that was the thing that struck me the most reading Sue Klebold's book, was that it was like, oh, my God, this woman could totally be me. And what do you do when your child that you love so freaking much does something so horrifying? She's extremely sympathetic. So if you haven't, like, there are lots of TED Talks that she's done. And, like, you, you can watch videos of her. And, yeah, she's very... Yeah. Oh my God. It's horrifying. So they're just both like these highly educated, nice people who just like really work to better the world. Um, well, kind of. Tom, they moved to Colorado for Tom's job in oil, which not isn't really bettering the world. But um, so Dylan was a gifted kid. He was in like a, you know, like the equivalent of like a high cap program when he was in elementary school. Um, and like, okay, so one of the things that that Sue Klebold talks about in her book a lot is the fact that he would get so angry and like really embarrassed at little things. And like, do you remember those kids? Oh yeah. Where oh, it was yeah. like, Oh my God, I can remember this one kid who sneezed and boogers came out of his mouth or his nose. And like people were laughing obviously, but it was seriously like he started like his face turned red and he started crying. And it was like, it was like a situation. And I just feel like it's like that is like a giant red flag. Like, yikes. Yeah, there was a there were a couple boys like that in my class. And unfortunately, I took to tormenting them. Which oh my God, no, you didn't. You did. I was kind of a bully <laughs> in elementary school. It's bad. And I still like I still feel bad about this. That I was, you know awful to these boys who I think Girl. were probably very insecure so there you go Girl, more, more what true confession I know <laughs> what did you call him again who your teacher oh god um wimpy michael <laughs> yeah my dude and he was a student teacher oh god and but we were Terry, so- you're Eric Harris Oh God! Don't say that. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. We. Okay. No, I was I was telling Ivan this story that me and a group of other students we formed the Students Against Michael Club. Sam. What? Oh yeah, and we no. got together to plan ways to get him to quit, including including we were gonna plant a a, a baggie of baby powder in his bag to make it look like he had cocaine. What like we, fuck we were in fourth grade. You. How old were you? Fourth grade. 
Carrie, what the fuck? Girl, how did you even know about cocaine in fourth grade? Oh, boy. Yeah. We were um, we were an interesting group. How many were in Sam? We were in Sam. Um, I'm thinking four or five. Jesus, that's a lot. I know. And so every time I have a student who's shitty to me, I'm like, I deserve this. This is definitely <laughs> karma coming back to get me here because I do. I just straight up deserve it. Oh so, my god, sorry. girl! You know Michael just like never went into education. He's like, no. You know what's crazy? Huh. Um, like a year after he was our student teacher, we went to um a play at I don't know if you guys you guys probably didn't do this because it was too far, but the Woodland Park Zoo used to have plays. Um, Poncho. It was Poncho Theater was the name of it. It, I don't, it was plays for kids. I don't quite understand like where it happened or anything about that, but we went to plays there all the time Yeah. and we saw him and he was teaching a class. Like he was there with his like first grade class. Oh and my God, like, did he have it on lockdown? I no, probably not. He oh was no. a, he was a very gentle soul. I mean, like, Lindsay Michael. Yeah. And so yeah. no, I, I, yeah, but he, he had gone into teaching despite us and he was like, Oh, Hey guys. <laughs> He was all nice, and we're like, oh, God, we were so shitty to him. Why is he being nice? Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah. So if I had been in elementary school with Dylan, I perhaps would have bullied him. And that makes me feel really bad. So And you would have got a reaction because, like, she describes, I mean, like, something as simple as, like, you know, falling down and getting dirty or, like, just, you know, any, like, little thing that would happen in, like, the family would just be like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And he would lose his shit. So he was, like, definitely one of those kids. But usually that's something that people kind of grow out of when they're kids. And they realize, like, as they grow older, like, oh, whatever, it's not that big of a deal. But this is something that, like, he continued to do until he was a teenager. And he hated feeling humiliated, like, a lot. So obviously he takes himself very seriously. Um. So, okay, in seventh grade, the family moved into a new house and he went from his high cap program, which was like sheltered, small, gifted classes to a large school with no gifted program. And girl, I can identify with this so intensely. So I went to Montessori school. I think I've told you that. And the switch was the and I did it in fourth grade, but it was the most like awful thing I've ever been through in my life it is a trauma that I discuss in therapy to this day as a 35 year old woman yeah it's (laughs) there's there's intense shit that happens in elementary school that I think you don't really get over so yeah ever like when I look in the mirror the things that I think about myself were the things that like were formed that fourth grade year like it is not a good situation so okay going from like a place where it's like oh like nice kids that you've known for a long time that are like I mean in my class my case like I don't know if they were smart kids but they were like everyone loved reading and like their parents were probably kind of hippies or whatever like all just these wholesome kids to literally just fucking chaos all the time um so I like totally identify with Dylan in this respect so okay they like and Sue this is weird this is a weird detail of the book and I wonder if you remember this so Sue Klebold is very very weird about 
pointing out the fact that like they moved into this sprawling house, but it was like super run down. So they got it for really cheap because I guess in the aftermath of all of this, they made it seem like Dylan was like this spoiled rich kid growing up in this like fucking mansion or something. But she was like, actually when we moved in, like it was not like livable even. Mm -hmm. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. She was, and she mentions it like a lot. I'm like, okay, we get it. So, yeah, so he moves, um, and it's more in, like, a, like, a more sort of, um, like, desert part of, like, there's, like, they talk, she always talks about, like, the, the hills, like, the rocky hills around them and stuff, so, um, I think they were kind of out a ways from, like, the main town. Do you, oh, do you know what their lands, the landscape around their house reminds me of? What? Uh, The movie Hereditary. Which was filmed in Utah, I think. It was? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I watched that recently. And I've... I've, That's a movie I've seen already, like, five times. Even though it came out a few years ago. Love that movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, I liked it a lot, too. But the landscape it's filmed in, I really, really hate that kind of... Yeah, I don't know what you call it. It's like it's mountainy, but it's also arid. So that whole area, like Utah, yeah. Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, yeah. Idaho, like that, I can't stand it. Yeah, not a fan. And that's what that's what their house looked like. It was in that kind of setting. Yeah. Yes. So, but like apparently it was a really good setting for him to you know, do all kinds of fun stuff, mountain biking and like being out in the wilderness and stuff. So that was something that he really enjoyed. Um, so he, he met Eric when he switched schools during his seventh grade year. And that's when Eric also started attending the same school. So like it became a really tight group between Dylan, Eric, and then their friend Brooks Brown when they got into Columbine high school, like those three who were like a real tight group and okay they were okay so this is (laughs) this is how dave cullen describes it they were three aspiring intellectuals who liked classical philosophy aka you know it was motherfucking aristotle gross and then like renaissance literature and so you know it was like fucking machiavelli Uh, And then they were, like, kind of quiet, shy kids who were the smart ones, but, like, they also played a lot of time, or spent a lot of their time playing video games. And, like, I feel like I know these kids so well also. But I feel like that, okay, totally correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe it's just the environment that we taught in, but I feel like this is not as much of, like, a trope anymore. Like, maybe it is among, like, I don't know, like like teenage no I like I honestly I don't feel like I know kids like this anymore I but back in the day there was this group like I knew I could name you the kids in my school that were just yeah. like this me too I I think this group still exists but not at the school we worked at I think this is more like uh if you went to Issaquah you might well, find, like, you might find I, these kids do you think they're really reading classical philosophy and like Renaissance literature? I think they're probably more like laughing at like more highbrow uh, memes on Twitter or something. It's like, they're not like, I don't, I just like, don't see the same. It's like not the same 
environment that like kids are brought up in now. So I don't even know if this type of person is possible anymore. I don't either. I think they are. I don't know. Cause I even still have kids who are like, Oh, you know, I'm reading, you know, Marx, like that kind of stuff like that. So there are, there are those kids who are interested in sort of what I would consider like old school intellectual property. Like they're interested in reading the classics Huh. And they're, you know, they want to take Latin and that sort of thing. Like, that does still exist. I just don't think it's super common. And I think it was more common in the ni- in the 90s and before. Yeah, because I feel like it used to be super common. I don't know. But anyway, so, oh, my God, which, okay, like, just P.S. I have to say this. So, <laughs> side note, we had this philosophy class at my school that everyone fucking loved we all took it and we all loved this teacher um and he would always have like our names memorized before the first day of class so we loved this guy and we would always like i like we all feigned crushes on him we didn't really actually have a crush on him because he kind of looked like a bird but like you know he was just like so smart and we like really looked up to him Mm, come to find out like all these years later, he totally was, like, fucking students. And then they had this couch in his room, and we would always sit on it, and that's where he was fucking the students. That's disgusting. Ew. So I probably sat in his sperm at one point. <laughs> so disgusting. Anyway. That really... Wait, is this the guy who married a student? Didn't you have a teacher who did that? No, but I went through grad school with a girl who married her teacher, but she was divorced. Boy. She was divorced at that point because I think she realized, like, hey, wait a second, uh, he raped me and then like totally married me. Oh God. Yeah. I don't know. Not from that. Like, what the fuck? And I feel like it's that's another thing that's like so disgustingly common. Anyway, oh my God, we are getting off on like a tangent. But seriously, like, yikes. Philosophy is extremely powerful. <laughs> You're like 16 years old. <sighs> anyway, so, okay, Dylan was, okay, as like, maybe this is a Virgo thing. He was like very sensitive. He was very depressed. He like wrote so many journals. I'm not joking, like a shit ton of jur- journals. And they were so mushy. Like when I read them, because Like, okay, they always talk about how, like, the word that Dylan writes most in his journal is love. And it's wild because it's way, like, and this is a very gendered idea of, like, like, feelings, obviously. But, like, I, it's more what I would think, like, a teenage girl or, like, a preteen girl would write versus a boy. Oh, it's, it's hearts and love. So many hearts. And it's, I mean, it's kind of cute. Like, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And, dude, high school diaries are the fucking worst. Like, oh I've, I've, I think I've talked about this, but I've read mine. I've gone back and read them. Oh, Jesus oh Christ. God. It's brutal. Brutal. Oh, my God. So I try, to, I try not to judge people on their high school diaries because your your brain's not in a good state. Oh. Um, but what this actually reminded me of is that I have all of these pages folded down in the book that I wanted to like refer to. So I'm not gonna pause it. I'm just gonna like get up and walk away. 
Yeah, um, girl. You can even keep talking if you want. Um, I'll be back in like two seconds, um, but I'll edit all this out. But I was like, oh, wait, yeah, because I have all this, yeah, like juicy stuff that I didn't write down because I... Oh, my God, girl, go get your book. Okay. I'll get her. Oh. Okay, keep going. So talk about... Finish up with uh, Dylan. Oh, my God. So he also... Oh, and this is like so AOL. Oh, my God. This like This is the beginning of when, like the internet was super ubiquitous because I can remember, okay, like 96 is when we got our first computer and I think we were like a little bit late to it, but like, holy shit. So his, he went by, okay. He went by vodka, which ew, but it was, it's like capital V lowercase O capital D and K like his initials lowercase a. So I'm like, Oh my God. Ew. Like vodka. Like, I just feel like when you're a teenager, you're just like, Oh yeah. Vodka girl. What was your first screen name? Did you have an AOL screen name? Oh no, no, no. Here we go. We are not of the same generation. I never had a screen name. What? Yeah. I never did like any of this. Like I never did, you know, AOL chat or like ever. Oh my God. Yeah. Girl. Here we go. Like we are the dividing line. Like, between me and you are, are where, like, the generations Shit. diverge. Because by the time, like, by the time the internet was, like, part of my life, I was, like, 25 or what? 26. Yeah, I didn't use the internet when I was younger than Girl, that. What the fuck, though? Like, you're not that much older than me. Okay, I'm not, but, like, in high school, nobody had the internet. Like what? It just, nobody. Ha- I mean, if they did, it was, it, it was sort of like I, I don't know what they did on it, but like no, that was not the way people communicated ever. Like no one ever said to me like, oh hey, like ch- let's chat online. Like it just didn't happen so, ever. Whoa. Yeah. So then when I got to college, then we had email. <laughs> so I got like my first email <gasps> account in college, <gasps> and it was like you know your school email account. And it was, I mean, it was ridiculous. Um, and then after that, like, I had no internet at all, no cell phone, until I was, like, 25. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Isn't it? Or 26. I think it was actually 26. Ugh, it was wow. great. And then I remember getting the internet, finally, like, at, at my apartment. Because <gasps> I'd, I'd had a computer this whole time, but I, it just wasn't hooked up to the internet. And so then. What did you do on it? I was like, I didn't know. So then it was like, well, okay, so you can get on here. Where do you go? What do you do? So what I didn't did you do. I don't even fucking remember. I remember MySpace had just become popular. So I did have a my <laughs> I did have a MySpace. Oh my god. Account, which I had and then I deleted, and then I had a Facebook account, which I then deleted. Um, <sighs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, like so I have a totally different relationship girl you are missing out well okay, what, what was your screen name tell me oh god okay so I got my first one when I was in seventh grade and I was going oh, through oh. a skater phase um oh. like I, <laughs> or maybe it was sixth grade I don't know sixth or seventh grade and I was like I was like wearing like skateboard t-shirts and like okay <laughs> my mom had got me a, this, like, really fancy-ass skateboard for Christmas. And I, like, went and would try it out and, like, could not fucking do it. I, like, could not balance on it. I was like, well, fuck this shit. But I was just, like, such a poser. 
So, okay, my first, <laughs> my first screen name was Skater Morgue, but it was S-K-8-E-R Morgue. Um, and then when I became goth in like ninth grade or eighth and ninth grade, um, I, <laughs> my screen name was Noir Delusion. Noir Delusion? <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. I love that. <laughs> oh my god See, I did miss out because I because what would I have chosen for myself in seventh grade like that's oh, always god. the question like what would my seventh grade self have thought was really cool I don't know really well okay because I'm trying to think what did I like in seventh grade that was like the height probably the peak of my Beatles obsession I think that <laughs> probably peaked in middle school oh my god would you have been like Paul Lover like <laughs> no, it would have been John Lover. John or, Lover. Or Lennon Lover. It would have been something like that. <laughs> or, or I would have picked like an obscure lyric from a Beatles song and thought that I was really deep. Oh my god, girl. Oh boy. Oh boy. The worst was when like okay, the worst was when you had a screen name that you really wanted and then you went on and like you couldn't get it and so you had to like add a number. Add a number or something. <laughs> I was always so pissed off when like you couldn't get the right one that you wanted. So annoying. I was really excited. Um, so I like got on Gmail as soon as it it was, like came around. Yeah. And so I'm like one of those people who actually has like just my name as my email address. I have kind of an unusual name too, but I always feel bad for people who either have common <laughs> names or who got it got into it late. So yeah, oh, they have to add a number or something. Oh. I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh my god, I know it looks so unprofessional. It does. It's true. <laughs> oh my god. All right, girl. Well, tell us about Eric. Okay, so I don't know about you. Do you find Eric the more interesting of the two? You know, I don't. Oh, you find Dylan more interesting. Yeah, but it's maybe it's because we're like Virgo brethren. I find Dylan much more sympathetic. Like, yeah. like much more sympathetic. Oh my god. Wait, no, he's the I mean, okay. he's he's the only one who's sympathetic. I mean, Eric yeah. is, as you will see, not sympathetic at not all. Sympathetic at all. I actually, and maybe I don't think Eric is as interesting because he is like an embodiment of chaos to me, and I don't like it. It's well, weird. No, he's he's interesting to me because he's a like. There's nothing. There's nothing happening behind the surface, and I have a hard time dealing with people who seem like that. Like, there's yeah. nothing deep or profound happening beyond the facade. Like, there's no feelings in there. There's there's nothing. It's um, so creepy. It's very creepy, and I have a hard time believing that there are people like that in the world. So I think that's what I find interesting. Yeah. Um, so Eric, we don't know as much about him. Because his parents have never, ever talked to the press. So our information, I think, is very limited. Like, even in the Columbine book, where there are, like, there's a whole chunk of the book where it alternates chapters. Like, one chapter about Dylan, one chapter about Eric. Even then, you can tell that he's struggling to find information. Like, there's as much. Um, Okay, so I'm going off Morgan's notes here. So I might stumble a bit. Um, but birthday, April 9th, 1981. Um, 
his parents are from Colorado, but moved around a lot because his dad was in the Air Force and his mom was a stay at home mom. Um, so they moved around the country until 1993 when Wayne, the dad, retired from the Air Force and then they settled in Colorado. Um, so Eric said later that moving around was difficult and caused him to, quote, start out at the bottom of the ladder. So very so, like, concerned with status. Like, and he has like such a victim mentality, which is oh. super interesting. Like he's very like, Ugh, I always like had to start out at the bottom. They, I mean, he and Eric both definitely had that kind of, like, incel. Yeah. Like, oh, like, 100%. Oh, poor me. You yeah. know, women don't like me. Like, a lot of that sort of talk. Um, So Eric was a good student. Um, Yeah, played soccer. If you ever saw pictures of him, he definitely looked like... He has a very bland look to him. Like, you would never notice him. He's blonde light-skinned he's not really good looking but he's not really bad looking his like, eyes are too close together what his eyes are too close together his eyes are too close together but he's not it's he's not like ugly like he's not right. like you would notice him he's just sort of like there yeah um took german and morgan in parentheses said <laughs> one of those kids i took <laughs> i took german just by, just by the way. No, 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 no. Girls who take German are different. Oh. Boys who take German are a special breed of boy. They really are. Yeah. I took German because my dad took German. I don't, you can extrapolate all you want to out of that whole situation. Um, but I was in German for three years in high school. And we, so it was the same kids every year. Because there was only like one German class, you know, like for... <laughs> One German, one class, one German, two class. And it was a very, very weird group of kids. Like, the goth kids were all taking German. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <gasps> and then, like, the really intellectual kids took Latin. And then the lazy, oh, kids took, the lazy kids took French. Or, excuse me, the lazy kids took Spanish. Spanish, yeah. And then, like, I feel like the idiots took French. Because, like, French... It's it's too hard, and yet it's French. Like no. Okay, so in my school, girl, we did not. Okay, so we had German and French, and Spanish, and those were the only languages you could choose from. So okay, the like, so I think the German kids were a mix of the kids that like your experience with the kids in German, and then also the Latin kids, and then the popular kids all took French. Yeah. And then everyone else took Spanish. (laughs) But, but yeah, the lazy kids took Spanish, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But but in Eric's case, it's interesting because he also had um, a pretty open obsession with Nazis and Hitler. Yeah. And... I mean, he it was not a benign, like, oh, I'm interested in World War II. Like, he straight up was like, ooh you know, white supremacy. I'm into it. So that bitch wanted to read Mein Kampf in the original translation. Oh, God. You Which know. is such a douchey high school thing to do. Because that book is famously terrible. So even if you're into Hitler, like, really, really, you're going to read Mein Kampf? Like, give me a break. Um, so... Girls start being interested in him in high school, which I find fascinating because... I he's the exact opposite of who I would find attractive 
but he has that kind of like 90s kind of clean cut like spiky hair white hat sort of situation so yeah. I like I, I guess I can see that um so like was that like his fresh his freshman year he goes on a date with a girl there's some story because you have it in here and I do remember this like he goes on a date with a girl maybe a couple dates with a girl and then um she was like oh I'm not into you anymore so he fakes suicide like he goes to her house and like lays outside her house covered in blood. Yeah, and- he, there was like a rock, like a big rock. And he like pretended like he smashed his head with the rock to kill himself. Yeah. And she was like screaming. Yeah. So like very upset. And he, I think, was like, oh, that was hilarious. Like didn't, yeah, did not see why that was a completely fucked up thing to do. It didn't care. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, Dave Cullen is very blatant in his thesis that Eric Harris was, like, the psychopath who was textbook psychopath. And he gets this from the FBI. So the FBI, when they did an analysis of this, that was their conclusion. That Eric Harris was a complete sociopath with, you know, no conscience at all. And that Dylan was suicidal and super depressed and was sort of sucked into this plot that was really Eric's fundamentally. Yeah, um, so, and this is something that I feel like, which I understand 100%. Again, Sue Klebold is a completely sympathetic character, but I feel like this is something that she really leans on. And you would, as a mom, trying trying to reconcile the image of this like little boy that you love and that you raised and with you know this awful killer... But it's very much like Eric got his hands on Dylan and Dylan was suicidal and he wanted to die. And, you know, Eric Eric was able to talk him into doing this, this violence on the way out kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, we'll never know, like, really how true that is. But yeah, as a mom, I totally get why she would be like, Let, I'm, I'm going to go with this. Yeah theory of what happened um but Dave Cullen I mean at the very end of this book talks about how he finds Dylan really heartbreaking yeah whereas he finds Eric just disturbing as hell and so I I don't know I don't know um so Eric also like Dylan did a lot of journal writing which is interesting because I don't think of boys doing that so it's bad that they both did it and his journals are gross. Like oh my I've, God, they are so insane. They're insane. Like you can't even read them. I mean, yeah. they're so. I've. It, it's like if you were trying to, like, in a movie, you know, do, show like a like a like a psychotic character. This is the kind of stuff that you would write. <laughs> so it's really violent. It's really misogynistic, and it's really boring. Like that's the that's what's interesting about it is it's just the same things just over and over and over and over again. Like there's nothing, there's never anything new. There's no insight. It's just like I hate this. I hate that. I hate that. I want to kill this person. I want to rape that person. Like it's yeah. just, it's it's amazing that something like someone could spend so much time doing something so dull. I know. Yeah. So that's that's my takeaway from his from his journals. Um, and he played a lot of Doom. Did you ever play Doom? No, but I watched this, like, 
really interesting um, show about video games where they were talking about like the people who would um, like do mods on doom. And apparently like Eric is one of these people. Yeah. Where like, didn't he add Nazis in there? Uh, I don't know. I think that's what he did. He like had like, he had, he actually like pro like was able to program a video game. So it was like certain like, cause doom that was like famously what doom did was they like, opened it up so other people could like add, you know, mods to it or whatever. And um I think that was what Eric did was he added Nazis. That would make sense. But there right. was a, there was another game that had Nazis. Like Oh Wolf girl, that one when came out way later. I think that one is But there was Nazi oh, zombies. No, no, no. There was an old one, Castle Castle Wolfenstein. Oh. But it's it's like Doom but it, but you you're shooting Nazis instead of monsters. Oh, but I can totally see him adding Nazis to Doom. Um, oh I, totally. I played Doom and it was actually, it was kind of fun. I have to Aww, say. Oh, fun. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of, a lot of like, he has an AOL site that's originally, um, Doom levels. Like that's why it was created to begin with. It was to do. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So part of the book. I, I I folded all these pages to come back to you, and I now I'm trying to figure out like what was I trying to highlight on these pages. But this is what I remember. Um, so I'll read I'll read a quote from the book because I thought this was creepy. Eric shared his dreams in internet chat rooms. He described them vividly to online chicks. In one, he was suspended inside a small dank room, like the interior hull of a ship. Futuristic yet decaying old computer screens lined the walls, covered with dust and mold and vines. The moon provided the only light, trickling dimly in through the portholes, shadows creeping all around. A vast sea rose and fell monotonously. Nothing happened. Eric was overjoyed. What? (laughs) What the fuck? Ah. So he rarely encountered humans in his creations, just the occasional combatant to extinguish or a disembodied voice to drop an ironic beaumont. Dreamland Eric had snuffed us out. He invented a world of precise textures, vivid hues, and absolutely no payoff for himself. When he did linger on the destination, it was to revel in the banality of the gloom. He described one of his dream worlds to a girl in a chat room. Wow, kind of gloomy, she responded. Yeah, but it's still nice. No people at all. Kind of like everyone is dead and has been for centuries. (laughs) So... I find that really interesting. That, like his idea of heaven was just like empty and boring. nothing, just nothing, nothing happening. It's like whoa, what um, and that fuck? comes up again and again. That that's kind of like an important part of his psyche. That he just that's what he liked. Ooh. Um. Yeah. Um. His so his parents were really strict. So like army dad or air force dad. Um, but like so many of these houses, it was like, oh, but in the basement, you can just do whatever the fuck you want. Oh my God. So it's just like basement, probably rec room or something, or maybe his bedroom was down there. I actually don't know, but like his parents, I guess, didn't go down there so he could just do whatever. Um, which did you have people like that in your life that you knew? I actually didn't. Oh my God. I totally did. I heard about them, but none of my friends had that situation. Oh, my God. Thank God. 
Oh, bad shit happens. Bad yeah, shit. No, it's not a good thing. Like, if you have a basement and a teenager and you just, like, let them hang out down there, don't. Although, I have to admit, that's kind of the situation in my house with my husband. Okay, but he's an adult. <laughs> Is he, though? <laughs> More or less. <laughs> should be allowed to have, like, a room in the basement. But, yeah, it's... <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, I know. Actually, my husband, we're kind of there, too. Where it's like the basement has become his domain, (laughs) which is why it's just utter chaos down there. I'm like, okay, this is is what happens when I'm not in. Honestly, though, I would not want it any other way. Like, I just want to have separate rooms. I want to live separately from my partner (laughs) forever. But in the same house. But, yeah, that's okay. That works. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and then in in the basement of of Eric's house, he and Dylan ended up film, filming something called the Basement Tapes, Ugh. which really nobody's ever seen except for like the FBI and police. But that's right, and some family members. And you're right, and some family members. Um, but they're not online anywhere. And I think they were actually destroyed. Is my memory that they actually yes. got rid of them. Um. But you know it'd be fucking boring. It's like part of me is like, oh, I'd want to watch that, but I'm like, no, I don't. Like yeah, all of this shit, all of this shit is boring because it's made by teenagers, yeah. and teenagers are not sophisticated enough usually to be interesting. And these two definitely were not. Like so, they're they're not going to produce anything that's going to blow my mind. I don't think. Um, and the last thing on here is uh, Eric was prescribed an antidepressant which was Luvox. And um, there was some speculation that that may have contributed to this, that him being on, because you're really, teenagers and antidepressants is kind of dicey. So that was, that idea was bandied about for a little while. Hmm. But like, doesn't it really make like teenagers just like very suicidal? Yes. Which, I mean, I guess, in a sense, he, he was. I mean, he did kill himself, so. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah. So, okay, you know what? I think we're going to have to make this a two-parter. <gasps> we're going to have to do a two-parter? I think so. We're already up to an hour. Okay, and so how about we- this? How about we go into the pre... Wait, no. Will that be too much? No, we can go. We can go into like the the build up, and then we can do part two. We can do like just the massacre um, and the yeah, aftermath, and the and the aftermath, because that'll. Okay. I mean, that takes a long time just to talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, so okay, go ahead. Yeah, you can go. No, you go ahead. Well, so Eric had an also had an AOL site, which so had Doom levels on it, but it also had a blog where he was threatening to it was like his diary it was like the same thing as his journal like he was threatening violence towards people including brooks brown so who was who had been a friend of he and dylan's and then there had been some breakdown in that friendship that i don't remember why that had happened yeah i don't so eric so eric decided like oh i hate this guy now so he was writing on his blog online oh i'm gonna kill this guy 
And so Klebold, or Klebold, Dylan gives Brooks the URL of Eric's website and was like, hey, like, you need to know that this is happening. And then his, and so Brooks's parents contact the police. So, okay, like, that's interesting in itself, too. Like, because clearly he wasn't, I mean, completely under his spell if he's like warning his friend about it, like it, it seems like that's a very, um, I don't know. Cause I feel like when you're a teenager, like, especially if you're a teenager who's like, I don't know. I was this kind where it was just like, you kind you're not like a, you're like not a leader. You're just kind of like, I don't know, going along with other shit. Like, I don't know. I feel like you would just kind of be like, Oh, you know, and just go along with it. But he clearly has a sense of his like old self, his like care for his friend. I don't know. Maybe that's like a, maybe that's a bad take. I don't know. No, I mean, I think, I think it is. I mean, I think he realized like, cause they've done analysis of Dylan's journals and he doesn't start talking about violence for a while. And then, like, it starts to kind of creep in there. So I think he did see that Eric's behavior was fucking insane. I mean, I think there was a part of him that was like, and, yeah. So Which I, is crazy. I, like, why did he end up, you know, if he, like, saw that and realized, like, oh, this is not great. Like, what about a person makes you just continue with that? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so the police, if, interestingly, I think actually like search Eric's house, which I I'm not sure that would happen nowadays. Oh hell no! If you threaten violence online, I don't think the police are going to come search your house because I think it happens too much. Yeah, I feel like everyone's doing it all day online. Yeah. Um. So wait. Oh, this is weird. So this is, this is from, this is, I wrote this. These are my notes, but it says police searched Eric's house. But then there's a quote from Wikipedia that makes it sound like they requested a search warrant, but then never actually like submitted it to a judge. So I'm actually not sure. Maybe they didn't search Eric's house. That's interesting. Huh? I have to go like, look that up again. Um, Anyway, um, so in January of 1998, Dylan and Eric break into a van. Do you have any good details about this? No, I just remember, didn't they just steal some, like, weird electrical equipment? And it was, like, kind of for no reason. Yeah. They They were just just out driving around and saw this abandoned van, like, a van parked somewhere, like, in a park. And they were like, oh, let's break in and steal shit. Yeah. So they do. They break in and steal a bunch of electrical equipment and just, like, get caught immediately. Yeah. Like, didn't they get caught in the act of it? Maybe. I don't remember, like, what all the details are. But they, yeah, they get caught and they get put in juvie. Or not juvie, but, like, this, like, program. Yeah, it's called a diversion program, which I think was, like, it's, like, we're going to reform these kids. Like, that's the idea. 
Like, so they don't, so, like, it doesn't go on their record as long as they go through this program where they do, like, I think it would, like, monitor their homework, and it would, like, they had to do, like, they had to do, like, um, you know, different kinds of, like, like, I think probably, like, so, like, socio-emotional, like, what am I saying? I, maybe I'm drunk. What is that word I'm thinking of? (laughs) Social emotional. Social emotional. Social emotional training. Please edit that whole thing out. Oh my god. But yeah, they would do like just like additional training to make sure that they don't do that kind of shit again. I guess. Well, and Eric like totally had the the teacher snowed. Like was like laying on the charm and was like, oh god, I just feel so bad. And so he like sociopath. Total sociopath. And yeah. the teacher was just like, oh, my God, this guy is amazing. He feels really bad. Um, Dylan didn't do that and was kind of sullen. But they both ended up, quote, unquote, graduating early from the program mm-hmm. because, yeah, they had done everything they needed to do. Um, I think they also – didn't they also get caught, like, throwing rocks at cars from, an, like, a, high, a highway overpass? I feel like there was some other, like, encounter with police, like, them doing something fucking stupid like Yeah, that. I don't know. They were just, like – Ugh, again, I like really just feel it's that like chaos, that like teenage boy chaos where it's like, huh, you know, ugh, I don't know. I it would not surprise me. No, ugh, it's so gross. I know I hate it. And they both write short stories at school that are like super violent, like to the point where at least Dylan's teacher like flags it and is and is like like turns it in to like a guidance counselor or administrators or something and is like yo like this is this is fucked up wait wasn't there one that like described like like it was like a like a killing spree or something and the teacher was like oh this is kind of violent but like good grammar or something like that i was like what the fuck who makes a comment like that yeah it's in the book they they have like a photocopy of of the story um, but I, I think that teacher also, like, like contacted administration. So I don't think they just, like, let it off the hook. But it was like, oh, good writing, but this is disturbing. Yeah. But, yeah, it's absolutely about a killing spree. So um, Eric also, I loved this one. Uh, Eric wrote an English paper about his similarities with Zeus, which, ew, like, clearly he has, like, such a high opinion of himself. But one of the quotes from his paper said, Zeus and I also get angry easily and punish people in unusual ways, which I was like, Oh God, what the fuck? Very weird. And Eric is such a bad writer. It's really, it's, it's (laughs) depressing. And he thinks he's so good. I'm like, Oh no, honey, this is bad. (laughs) Um, And they're always like filming themselves. Like they have a couple of, like like movies like short films that they made for school which are like it's just the whole thing is so cliche teenage boy I can't I can't even (laughs) like I feel like that was such a thing in the 90s to like make little make little movies like I knew boys who did that oh 100 percent girl I made movies I I was gonna say actually I did too so yeah not really just a boy thing but yeah oh my god and so that's been I feel like that's always in the like documentaries and stuff about them there's always footage from those movies of them like walking through the school with their trench coats yeah and it's 
like it's the massacre, but it's really just them and some movie they made. Oh my god. It's so embarrassing. And like for someone who hates being embarrassed, I would think that Dylan would really not do this shit, you know? Oh god, I know. No. Because that's like the most embarrassing thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yikes. So, okay, at this point, too, though, it starts to kind of become more serious and more realistic. So at this point, like after they've gone through, like kind of had these, you know, they've kind of brushed, had brushes with the law and like, you know, have kind of been noticed for like the violence that they've been spewing out into the world. Um they kind of start to take it to the next level. So um, somehow other people that they know started helping them to get weapons and ammunition um, because both of them were 17. They weren't old enough to buy a weapon. And so um, Dylan managed to get the girl that he went to prom with named Robin Anderson um, to buy them two shotguns and a high-capacity carbine, which I don't know what a carbine is, but it sounds like it holds a lot of gu- a lot of ammunition um, from a gun show. And so they both sawed off the shotguns afterwards, and that those were part of the weapons that they used during the massacre. Um, they also managed to buy guns from, like, some other dude in the community somehow. So, like, they actually at this point started acquiring weapons, apparently because they had the idea that, like, we're going to go through with this. Yeah, and they had been talking about planning a massacre for, like, what, a year before they actually did it? Had they? Like, and how does that kind of thing come up? I don't even fucking know. I'm like, yeah, how do you go from like, oh, we're playing Doom to like, oh, we're planning to murder hundreds of people at our high school. Like, I have no idea like what that, you know, how that transition happened. But they've been planning this for a long time and they were pretty blatant about it. Like it was in their diaries and stuff like they they don't talk about I mean, there's stuff that's missing. But yeah, they'd been planning this for a long time. Eric, Girl, what and did Eric they call was, it? Um, shit, that's bad that I don't remember. We'll I don't I'll, either. We'll look it up. <laughs> we'll we'll have it next. We'll time. have it yeah. for the next episode. But I mean, and Eric was definitely, you know, in at the like, he was the leader on this. So like he was like learning how to make bombs. Like he was researching how to make bombs. He was the one who was really, like, behind acquiring a lot of the weapons. And at least Dave Cullen kind of argues that Dylan was sort of, like, yeah, like, played along, but wasn't, like, was sort of passive in a lot of the planning. Like, wasn't really holding up his end of doing the stuff he was supposed to. And so there's sort of, did he really even think it was going to happen at all? Right. I I have no idea. We don't know. And it's clear, like, Eric did. Like, Eric was like, oh, yeah, we're doing this. 100%. Yeah. But Dylan, I don't know, because I feel like I feel like in general, teenage boys are kind of spacey in a way, like they're not very well tethered to reality. So it's possible that Dylan was sort of like, oh, sure. Yeah, we're talking about this, but like didn't really think it was going to happen until like the day it did. Like I can imagine that, but I don't know. I have no idea. 
Ugh. But anyway, they were planning this for a long time and had acquired a kind of shocking number of weapons. And yeah. Bomb- I mean, shocking. Yeah, and, like, they were making bombs, too. Like, they made pipe bombs and propane bombs, which, like, they were super shitty bomb makers. We'll talk about in the next episode. Because uh-huh. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure, like, none of them went off. Yeah, I think, so, or, or very few. I think maybe a couple, but, yeah. yeah. It was not, didn't, we're not successful on the bomb front. No. Yikes. So, yeah, so... Wow, we haven't done a two-parter in a while. Um, I know. Yeah, so next time we can talk about the, the, the day, the day of the event, and then uh, the aftermath, which is, I think, interesting in its own, in its own right. I actually think that's um, the most interesting part about this whole thing, because I really feel like this is one of those events that like divides things into a before and after. I totally it's completely agree. changed the way that school is done. 100%. Oh, God, in a really awful way. A really awful way. So depressing. Yeah. Yep. Yes, I agree. Um, I'm going to take this opportunity to plug our oh, website. Yes. MyDarkHour.net, which I am <laughs> really happy with right now. Like, I am <gasps> stoked about this website. So, yeah, go check it out. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, so excited. And also you can follow us on Twitter at my dark HR podcast. Um, although to be real with you, like I'm not really checking it that often. Carrie, are you checking it? I check it like once a week maybe. Oh, oh, that's nice. I mean there's never like anything on there, but I know. So you know, like if you're interested, just, you know, you could give us a shout out, whatever. Let us know you're listening. Um, I do have and... ideas every now and again, and then I completely space. Like, for this, when when we're finally ready to, like, actually post this, I yeah. need to have... Oh, no, shit, no, this is totally the wrong thing. No, 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 I was thinking of the Scott Peterson one. I was like, oh, no, I need to tweet <laughs> that little clip from 30 Rock. Which, have you... Sure. We talked to... Okay, first of all, did oh, you... Oh, my God, with Jenna... Jenna saying how she was she was writing to Scott Peterson in prison after he, yes. got, after he got hot and thin. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Girl, and I think we talk about that in the podcast. I think we talk about him getting thin. We do. And I was like, oh, but I need to do that clip of her. Girl, you're it's Jenna. so funny. It's oh, my so God. Funny. So I'll have to think of it. I have to think of a clever one for Columbine. I don't know. Yikes. Okay, well, uh... That's it for this one, and thanks for listening. We'll be back at you soon. Bye. Bye.